everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that will not have its Christmas ruined this year by those bumpus hounds. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother, Peter. Hey, man. Here. How's it going? Hey, <laughs> we are. Okay. So first, let me get our extra, our guest in. Um, we figured this would be a fun episode. So first off, Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, this would be a fun episode to have an extra person on to talk about the list tonight. Um, and so we're bringing back a friend of the show, uh, Adam. Adam, say hi. Welcome back. Hi. Well, and I'm happy to be back. Yeah, right. Um, so, Adam, I originally was like, this will be a fun episode to do because we'll be talking some Christmas stuff at the end. We'll be talking some movies we like to joke around about. I'll make a really good, uh, fun discussion. And then Disney decided to ruin my day. Well, my day, is, my day got so much better when I saw this news, but they decided to, like, ruin the show and made me restructure the whole thing because they dropped a ton, a mega ton of news on the world about an hour ago. <laughs> Because they decided to have a shareholders meeting. So there is a we already had a lot of stuff to talk about, but there is a lot of stuff to talk about. And I don't know if you guys had seen any of it yet. I um, know I've seen some of it. I there was something I, I had written down that I wanted to talk about in news if it hadn't come up already. So I know okay. there's some stuff that I've seen. I mean, it's um, a ton. So um, some of the stuff I'm going <laughs> to blow through a little quickly. Um, not the not the stuff that got released earlier, but some of the stuff um, I'm just going to like hit and go, OK, we're gonna talk about that. Um, but when we get to news, um, but real quick, uh, Peter, you watching anything? You reading anything? It's Christmas. Um, you should be sitting at home <laughs> uh, bundled so, up in the fireplace with a good book, your Grishams with your cats around your feet. And, you know, I don't have cats and I don't know what Grishams <laughs> are, but uh, I did watch a couple things. So, um, you know, one, Chad Grisham is dead to me. <laughs> um, oh, the one thing I want to mention, and Drew, I feel like you might be interested in this because you like movies about skiing, but uh, I yep. watched uh, the movie Downhill with uh, Will Ferrell and um, I can't remember yep. the actress's name, but Elaine from Seinfeld. Uh, yep. Have you seen this yet or do you know? Not yet. I saw, the, I saw the trailer. It looked really fun, but it also looked kind of dark and like real world. So I was like, I don't know, maybe it's, it's, maybe it's, it's not much, ready for that subject matter yet. So yeah, it's much more dark in real world. And uh, I saw the trailer a long time ago. And from what I remember is the trailer looked like it was a de disaster uh, movie. Like it looked like a family goes on a skiing trip and they get, you know, attacked by an avalanche and they get separated and stuff. But the avalanche is actually like, well, do you guys care if I spoil this? Because it's kind all. of like the avalanche is kind of the inciting incident. It's actually a controlled av avalanche and it causes like no damage. But essentially what happens is when the avalanche comes, Will Ferrell like runs away from his family while they all like sit there at this like outdoor picnic table they're at. And basically the family thinks they're going to die. And it's like Will Ferrell leaves his family for dead <laughs> pretty much. And then the movie's called Downhill and literally everything just goes downhill for the family from there. Like Will Ferrell, the whole movie is trying to gain his wife and his son's respect. And it just keeps going worse and worse for him. It's really similar to meet the parents. I would say like the first time I watched meet the parents, it was like this. Uh, I didn't laugh the first time I watched that movie. Cause I felt I so laugh. bad for, huh? I, didn't, 
I didn't laugh at all the first time I saw me. The parents I'm like, <laughs> yeah. this is not a funny movie. <laughs> yeah, because you feel so bad for Ben Stiller's character, and this movie is. See, the and I didn't feel way. bad for him at all. I was like, this guy's a fucking. <laughs> this guy's an idiot. He deserves everything that's coming to him right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. So, Adam, you might love Downhill. Um, no, but that's the thing is like this movie. I don't know if I liked or not, but it was definitely an interesting watch. It was it's, very cringy. Um, Drew, I think you should watch it at some point just because the movie is all about skiing. It's a very cringy, like downfall of like a family father, I guess, but there's a ton of skiing in it. So I kind of want to hear your review of it eventually. Um, other than that, I watched the Mandalorian. On HBO Max, right? Yeah, that's that's where we watched it, actually. Okay. Um, the, other than that, I watched The Mandalorian, which I'm sure the rest of us did, too. So we can save that one if you want. Yeah. And Pete, that's the movie where, like, um, Julie Dreyfus is like, well, we're going to sue you. And the guy kind of laughs and goes, uh, you can't sue us. This is. An <laughs> oh, <America."> yeah. <laughs> Is, yeah, that, the, is that uh, the same movie? Yeah, yeah, it's the guy yeah, from, uh, the from Game that. of Thrones. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, I feel like if I rewatch the movie, there's probably a ton of funny moments, but at the same point time, I don't know if I want to rewatch the movie just because <laughs> right. it made me cringe so much. So it was just an interesting watch that I just, I don't know if I enjoyed it or not, so. Nice, all right. Um, yeah, we'll save Mandalorian, um, just for a brief bit. Cause you know, we're going to end up talking about that. So hopefully Adam's caught up. Um, yeah, yeah. aside from the Mandalorian, what, uh, what's on your plate? Um, recently watched a couple of shows on Netflix that I, I just, I get a lot of time at work, uh, cause I work, you know, 24 on 48 off. So I get basically, you know, downtime for sleeping and I, just kind of peruse Netflix. Um, I've been watching kind of a lot of war stuff lately. So the more realistic, the better. Um, and just two, I'd like to talk about, just kind of recommend to you guys, if you you know sure. are into that. Um, the first one is the outpost. Um, it's basically um, a, the real life story of the two guys that got the medal of honor in Afghanistan. <clears throat> um, okay. It's fantastically well done. Um, and you look at this and you're like, there's no way anybody could have thought it was a good idea to put this place in this position. And, you know, you just you watch it and you're just totally gobsmacked the whole time that it. So you remember in Red vs. Blue, Andy, where they go. So we have a base in the middle of a box canyon mm-hmm. and they have a base in the middle of a box canyon. <laughs> yeah. What happens if we just leave? Then they have two bases in the middle of a box canyon and whoop de doo. Right. It's kind of that situation. Like, who cares if they have this canyon? There's there's nothing here. Right. Um, <laughs> the second one, just because I thought it was interesting, um, it's kind of a cross between Band of Brothers and a Scanner Darkly. I don't know if you remember that Matrix hmm. type. Yeah, um, I, do I do remember Scanner Darkly. Uh, so it's filmed in the Scanner Darkly style. Um but it's a very band of brothers type thing where it follows this group of soldiers across their tour through um, Europe from North Africa or from Italy through Southern Europe up into Germany. Uh, it's like six episodes. Um, it's really well done though. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that. Also on Netflix. Also on Netflix. Yes. And what, what was the second one? The scanner. Oh, it's RC. called the liberator. Oh, the Liberator, and it's it's all in that like cel shaded animated. Yeah, style. yeah, you can tell that's, it's live that's action. That's pretty cool. That they've, they've animated after the huh. fact. Yeah, I've I've heard of that. Both of them sound really cool. Um, 
from the outpost, I kind of, and I might be reading too much into your description, but it sounds like it kind of has a commentary about like the futility of modern war and stuff. And that kind of sounds pretty interesting too. So I'll definitely keep my eye out for both of them. They sound neat. Definitely the futility of modern war, but more so the, the failings of command to see when you're in a no win situation and to just get out of it before, you know, you don't have a choice. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then as far as reading, uh, I finished ready player two, three days after I got the book. So that was, that was something that I've read and, and I don't usually read often. So, and when my pre-ordered hard copy arrived at the house, I was told that that had to uh, get wrapped and put under the Christmas tree. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> I will be, uh, reading that at some point. Um, <laughs> So, um, that's what happens when you're an adult. Um, at any rate, that's why uh, was that it, Adam? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Um, are you caught up on the Mandalorian? So I don't spoil anything for you. Yes, I'm caught up on the okay. Mandalorian. Uh, seriously, if you're listening to the show and you're not caught up on the Mandalorian, I feel sorry for you. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> so, um, I watched aside from the Mandalorian, which we'll get to in a second as I started watching Kaylee Cuoco's new show, uh, the flight attendant. Have you guys heard about this? I, I've, I've heard of it, it but, but I don't remember what okay. it's on. Okay, it's on HBO Max. Um, it is. I don't have that. It is a. Um, it's a dark comedy, um, so which is great because it's my favorite kind anyway. But um, just a qu- uh, uh, a quick overview of the synopsis. So Kaylee Cuoco is a flight attendant, and she uh, she meets this guy on the she meets a guy on one of her flights to uh, Bangkok. And they're kind of flirty and whatnot. And when he's walking off the plane, he hands her her business card and asks her out. And he's like, if you change your mind or whatever, here's where I'm staying. This is my card. Give me a call. She decides she's going to go out with him. Turns out he's like hyper wealthy. And um, so she spends this like amazing night with him in Bangkok. She wakes up the next morning to like get up and like kind of start her day and go back to the airport because she's got to catch her flight home. And she wakes up and she looks over at him and his throat is cut and there's blood everywhere. And oh, cool. <laughs> well, not cool, but, but I didn't see that. I didn't see that coming is kind of sorry. So she's cool, like, but. so she's like, I didn't kill him. There's no way I killed him. There's no way I was that drunk, whatever. So she starts. So she goes into like a panic mode and she starts cleaning up the crime scene like an idiot. <laughs> Right. Um, And then it goes and then it goes into this like downward spiral of like the FBI and the police and like all this stuff going on and video surveillance. And she's got a friend who's a lawyer and she's like trying to figure it out on her own. But what the show does that's really kind of clever is every time she has like a memory trigger for something that happened that night to kind of give you another clue as an audience. uh, She goes into like this sort of like almost out of body experience where she's like remembering the thing um, and she keeps like in her mind, she keeps talking to the dead guy and he's like feeding her like clues. <laughs> so they have these like little asides where like she'll like have a blackout moment. She'll be like on the subway and someone will she'll overhear something. It'll trigger something. And then you'll see this moment where she's like back in the hotel room with the guy and they're talking and she's like, why didn't you tell me that was your ex-girlfriend block? You know, that kind of stuff. Um yeah, it's really, really, like, cleverly done. Um, I'm only about, I don't know, maybe, like, three or four episodes in. I'm not sure how long the season is, um, but I think it's a short season, like a seven or eight episode season. But it's really cool so far, so. 
Um, and it's that's, really and it's really funny on top of that. That's the other thing. So what that's what I think, because Kaylee Cuoco's in it, I assumed it was going to be a comedy, um, which with your last comment, I don't know if it is a comedy or not. Still, um, but it definitely sounds really like really interesting mystery. Like, I kind of really want to check this one out, too. Well, that's why I said it's a dark comedy. So it's it's got that dark seriousness to it, but it's got these really good, funny moments and it just makes you laugh at the right spots. So nice. Um so yeah, that's literally all I watched. I was just going to say watch that because it's awesome so far. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about The Mandalorian. Um, so I've been waiting 40 years to watch Boba Fett do that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, for all those people who – I don't want to say I'm a Boba Fett naysayer. I did – the fan – the fan. there's a cult fandom for Boba Fett that I think – started overhyping Boba Fett in my mind for a very, very long time. And look, I'm never going to argue with you that Boba Fett looks cool because he does. He looks amazing. Um, But we've been waiting so long because up until this moment, you watch the movies and you go, that guy's cool. Like if you didn't know Star Wars and I made you watch Star Wars for the first time and you saw Boba Fett, you're going to look at that guy and say, he's cool. What does he do? And my response is going to be, well, not much. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And he dies in this really lame way. And then you find out, well, he did survive. And then 40 years later, we get to see Boba Fett in all his glory. So awesome. Um, I don't know if you guys. And then I'm completely devastated over the Razor Crest. Seriously. (laughs) I just bought that Lego set. What? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, it's really easy for you to recreate it then. I know, right? (laughs) Drop it right on the floor. I know. Uh, What are your guys' thoughts? So. Either one, um, jump right well, in. For, first of all, the episodes keep getting shorter, but I think they keep getting better, too, which is pretty awesome. Um, Boba Fett, badass. He's he seems way more spry than he was at a younger age, which is kind of <laughs> surprising. But uh, I still loved all the fight scenes that he was in and this new episode. Uh, Razor Crest. I honestly am not that heartbroken. I don't know if I ever loved the ship to begin with. Like, I always thought it looked cool, but it wasn't like Millennium Falcon level, like coolest ship I've ever seen sort of thing. Um, I, but not, yeah, I'm not against them destroying the Razor Crest. I'm just shocked that it happened. Right. You know what I mean? I guess, like, we, we haven't lived. I don't feel like we've lived with it that long. <laughs> I, I almost I, feel like the whole I, I almost feel like the whole season was leading up or like was hinting towards this happening anyways. Though, so. <laughs> I mean, that is a good point. They've had a lot of bad luck with the Razor Crest. So. Well, yeah, and I mean that it's, it also feels like it's, it's leading up to um, kind of like this giant team up at the end of the episode. And you need a reason for Mando to not go alone after the child. You you need something to push him together with these other characters that have been in the series. And him basically losing his ride is a great push to get him together with other people. Yeah, that's a, definitely a good call. And uh, I mean, I like the I like Slave One better than Razor, Razor Crest. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'm it's all right. I'll, dis- I'll disagree with you on that one. I like I well, think the Razor Crest. Right, really? Here's my thing with the Razor Crest. It it looks stolen. Like every time I look at the Razor Crest, I see a cheap Serenity. Like that's what I see. Oh, okay. All right. That's... So it just as you know, someone who's been a huge you know Serenity fan that that just it cheeses me off really. Kind of every time I saw that ship. Right. Um, Interesting. I that's 
that's an interesting take. I, I hear you. Um, yeah, no, just the episode, like so many cool things. It was directed by Robert Rodriguez. Yes, that Robert Rodriguez. Um, he really does know how to stage a gunfight. So fantastic work with the stormtroopers. Um, really cool stuff with Finnick and getting to watch her do some really cool things with that sniper rifle. Um, I assume you guys caught the Indiana Jones reference with the rolling rock down the hill. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, But yeah, no, the episode as a whole was just fantastic. Uh, You don't go into an episode titled this tragedy without all of that stuff happening. Um, It was a very, very tight 34 minute episode. Um, And I, it bums me out. So like sometimes the episodes are like 40 minutes sometimes they're 30. The pie, the first episode of the season was 55 minutes. So like I get excited when they're long, but I get bummed out when I see that they're 35 minutes. And then I was like, Whoa, that was a lot of stuff. Um, so I just, I can't wait to see where it goes. Um, yeah, just excited. We got to get the kid back. So, um, my only problem with Boba Fett at this point, and I don't know if you, what you guys think is, is that I don't want Boba Fett to overshadow Din Djarin because he is the, the character. He's the flagship character for this show. Um, there's a chance that Mandalorian plural, because now we have several, but at the same time, Din Djarin is the face of the show. And I would hate for him to, well, let's face it. Baby Yoda is the face of the show, but Din Djarin <laughs> matches the title. I just want, I just don't want Boba Fett to overshadow that. That's my only thinking. Um, I feel like Boba Fett had his time. They made him li- really cool. They've done stuff with him that we've always wanted him to see. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think. This is my thought. Yeah, I don't think I ever assumed he was in it for the long haul. Like, I assumed Boba Fett would be in for a couple episodes. Or maybe, you know, an episode <laughs> here, an episode there. But, uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to... Uh, overshadow Dinjar, and I still think Dinjar has a lot of cooler stuff that we've seen him do on screen. It just was really glorious to see Boba Fett uh, and his fighting style, and it was it was just some really cool scenes this last episode. So yeah, finally, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, any other final thoughts on Mandalorian, Adam? Um, I I mean, just because you guys have talked about it every week, and I'm just jumping in, um, and we're talking about Boba Fett. That the the second episode, the Marshall, um, when you first see the Boba Fett armor, and you're like, "That's not Boba Fett." Like you can just tell <laughs> when it's on Timothy right. Olyphant's frame, it doesn't fit him well. It's not, you know, it's not him. And then he takes it off, and it's Timothy Olyphant. And I went <laughs> because I absolutely love Tim and everything he's done, and. You know, he's basically playing the exact same character he was playing when he was in um, uh, Justified, because uh, oh, right. Raylan Givens was a U.S. Marshal. And, I mean, it's just that swagger he has and that, that, that lawman thing he had going on. It was, it was great to see him kind of reprise that Justified role in a sandbox that I like to play in, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was the best of both worlds for me for that one. And then, you know... As a dad and someone who's, you know, trying to share this world with, you know, our our children and stuff like that. 
like some of the reactions I was seeing on some of the dad's groups that I'm following. It's like, yes, dad bod Boba Fett, you know? So (laughs) (laughs) people are really excited about that. And I'm like, eh, that I can take or leave. But at the same time, (laughs) his, his post COVID, uh, Boba Fett body. (laughs) To be honest, like I, I see these screenshots shared around where they're like, Oh, Boba Fett got thick or whatever. But I honestly don't think it was that noticeable. Um, I think they did a good job with the costume and, uh, he kind of had that weird, um, I don't know if it was like loincloth is the right word, but that like, like he's got that, like he's got like the robe still under the costume. Like, yeah, yeah. I do hope hope he switches to the, uh, the classic, the the not necessarily classic, but more of like the pants look, you know what I mean? Get rid of the robe. Do like more of a, well, they they needed to do this look so they can sell more action figures though. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So it's all it's all about another toy because we got to have Boba Fett in the robe, Boba Fett out of the robe. New, right. You know what I mean? It's yeah, I get you. Um, all right. You guys ready to talk some news? Let's do it. Sure. Because we got a ton. So like I said, a couple of these can go quick. Um, like one that can go quick, for example, is that Halo Infinite has been now pushed back again to the fall of 2021. Thank uh, God. I'm a little bummed, but at the same time, make the game perfect, you know. Um, why do you say thank God? Um, because I bought the Xbox 360 the day it came out. Oh, okay. I bought the Xbox One the day it came out, and I had problems with both of those systems later oh. on down the road. Gotcha. I am perfectly capable of holding off on buying an Xbox Series X until next fall. Sure. And hopefully they've gotten most of the bugs worked out of it. And... Right now, I mean, I'm happy with what I have. You know, there's plenty of games out there for current generation systems, and there will be for at least the next two years. And with, yeah, you know, yeah. the way that Microsoft is doing their things with, you know, you buy this game for this system, it automatically uptrades to the new system. There's really no reason for me to, to upgrade right now. Yeah, and that's, I was thinking the same thing. That's why I'm not in any rush yet. Um, but yeah, so I just, I'd rather than make the game perfect, and that's my takeaway from the uh, pushback. Um uh, Adam, uh, we're both fans of Metal Gear Solid. Uh, that movie is moving forward. Did you hear that? I did hear that. Yes. Um, I actually posted a comment when somebody had, uh, mentioned that online, and I was just like, I was wondering if there was going to be CGA, CGI question marks and exclamation points over bad guys' heads in the movie. Because <laughs> that needs to happen at least one time. Maybe. I would I would love for them to show like a radar, maybe not with the uh, maybe not with a character's vision, but it would be cool if they if he had a radar that showed like camera's vision that he has to dodge. That'd be a really cool touch in the movie, just since we're talking about video game parallels. But what that, were you saying, Drew? That might be a cool touch in the movie. Now that I think about it, like the radar that shows the yeah, that'd be kind of nifty. Yeah, uh, and they better have nifty. a cardboard box in there as well. <laughs> yeah, the, his inventory, like it doesn't even have to appear like he just has to like go into his inventory like and it just has to say like cardboard box like he never has to pull it out. It just has to be in his inventory. somewhere. <laughs> I, I would kill right. to see him hide under the cardboard box though, at least once. <laughs> Um, I well, hope in terms of things that have to be in it for me is they better have the codec sound effect correct. And in terms of the yeah. uh, the exclamation point over the person's head, they don't necessarily need that. But to hear that sound effect at least once would make me happy. Yes, uh, definitely. Um, but uh, the news with uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid is that Oscar Isaac will be playing Solid Snake. 
If you yeah, guys, I heard this. I it feels like it's been so long since this was announced, but I'm I'm in. I think it'll be good. Um, I think I think that's a perfect casting. And I was like, when I heard that, I was like, yes, let's do it. <laughs> um, so yeah, good stuff there. Um, I don't know if anyone had anything to add to that. Um, but um, let's move on. So, do you guys know that aliens exist? According to the Israelites, <laughs> I was just going to bring that up. So and this is interesting. Um, first off, that hit the news, like the actual news. Um, but um, Obama did a interview with Colbert and he asked them about the UFOs. And Obama admitted to getting a UFO sightings briefing when he was inaugurated. Yeah, but UFOs um, are different than aliens exist. Like true. UFOs are, hey, this was something that showed up on radar. We don't know what it was. We can't explain it. It's different than, you know, six F-18 pilots going, yeah, we saw something and it don't make no sense. Right. So uh, let's see. So former is, but this one, the Israelites one is interesting, Adam, because it's former Israel space security chief. I am Ashed, if I pronounce that correctly, says the U.S. and Israel have been in contact with the Galactic Federation and says that they've made agreements based on understanding the fabrics of the universe. <laughs> um, so, I mean, why not? It's 2020. <laughs> right. But and, and it's, it's, it's just because of me being pop culture, World War Z type guy, you know, I, I, is he the 13th man? Yeah, probably. I, I that's that's I all just, I can think. Is he the thirteenth man that just goes, "Well, what if?" You know. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> right. Um, wasn't there part of his quote that had to do with humanity is not ready to join the Galactic Federation or whatever? No, duh. Because uh, have you guys seen the Have you guys seen the Space Bucks episode of South Park? Because that's just what I keep thinking of with the story. God, I need to keep up with South Park. So, Oh, episode. this is well, this episode's like ten years old. <laughs> like, yeah, like I think it I came out in like two thousand eight or two thousand nine. But the basic plot is a uh, UFO crashes on Earth and it's filled with space bucks, and uh, the people of Earth start going crazy over space bucks and starting wars and stuff because everybody wants as many space bucks as they can have. And at the end of the episode, an alien actually comes down in his ship and and tells the people of earth that space bucks don't exist. This was a test. You guys failed. You're not ready to join the galactic federation. <laughs> like It was like the same <laughs> sort of thing. And that's like, my mind keeps going back to that episode when I keep hearing about this story. So, um, yeah, I just, it really baffled me that I saw it on the actual news and then I started seeing stuff pop on the internet. So I figured we needed to quickly touch base. Um, yeah. Okay. Before we get to the really big stuff, I, um, I, I know I know I'm ready to join the Galactic Federation. It's everybody else who's screwing it up, though. I know, right? <laughs> um, okay. I need to back up real fast. Did I say Israelites? You did. I meant to say Israelis, so I apologize because that that is not the <laughs> terminology, and I feel like I'm shoe right now. <laughs> it was an honest mistake. I think. It, well, it, it, yeah, honest, but doesn't make it any better. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, it's all good, Adam. Um, okay. Um, True Blood is getting a reboot at uh, HBO. Um, I think this is really cool because I really liked the True Blood series. Um, uh, Riverdale creators are part of the uh, production team. Um, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if either of you guys watched True Blood, but I thought the show was great. 
Um, and I think it'd be really cool to pick it up. Like if they're going to pick it up, if they're just going to do a straight reboot and start over, or are they going to pick up like real time where they left off? Like where are, where have all our friends been now? Kind of thing. Um, I don't really know much about it. I just saw it and was like, Hey, that's cool. I'm down. Yeah, I'm down. I'll watch it. I like Riverdale a lot as well as true blood, but, uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like it's not necessarily needed if it's a full on reboot, just since true blood is more based on what, like it's not a super special effect based show. So, and it's like actually pretty soon to reboot the whole thing. So I don't know. I'll watch it, but yeah, I don't know how to feel about this one to be honest. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, so, Adam, were you going to say something? I feel like I might've cut you off there. Andy asked if, you know, I knew anything about true blood and I was like, Nope. Oh, nice. <laughs> Just that, that, that my wheelhouse. It's essentially vampires, Adam. They I, I uh, understand, but my last, my last foray into vampires was Buffy the Vampire Slayer on WGN. So, oh, these are uh, very more adult vampires. Um, yeah, yeah, still uh, a lot more gory and violent and nudity and sex and all that stuff. So, a, a lot more redneck e vampires, maybe. <laughs> yeah, they essentially decided to tell a. They essentially tied it to sell social commentary on racism and set it in, and set it in the deep south. That um, seems worthwhile. And it's 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 a lot of fun. It, it's a it is a real it is a really fun series. Um, okay, so we Peter, you and I spent a long time talking about what we referred to as the streaming wars and what's going to yeah. happen to streaming services and how that's going to play out and all that kind of stuff. And it's been really interesting to watch. And um, then HBO decided to drop that bomb on us and say that every movie from 2021 is going to release on HBO Max. Yeah. Um, clarity every on movie that. from one studio. From one. Yeah. So it's it's the not, not every movie ever. No, no, no. no. Yeah. 2021. Every <laughs> yes. movie from it's, one. It's studio. The, it's the Warner Brothers. <laughs> it's the Warner Brothers studio is all releasing on HBO Max. Um, it's going to have the same release as Wonder Woman. So to clarify what that means, it's going to be on, the movies are going to be on HBO Max for one month. So you can watch them for that entire month. Then they're going to pull them off of HBO Max and they're going to go into the standard video on demand, Blu-ray release schedule that they go on until they eventually end up back on HBO. So um, eventually they'll be back. But it's basically like we're going to put them on there as like our theater release and then we'll yank them off. So you guys can do your digital purchases or your Blu-ray purchase or whatever. It's basically a way to get, you know, just how do we make money off these movies that we can't sit with? Um, what's interesting is that with the amount of movies that are supposed to come out, if you were to back them all up back to back to back to back, there's no room for these big movies to earn box office dollars. No one's going to have, not only no one's going to have time to see them, no one's going to have the money to see them. No one's going to feel safe enough to go to the theaters with the COVID nonsense. So it's actually a smart move to make, right? Yeah. Well, well everyone's mad. Um, after, <laughs> after HBO Max's, after HBO Max's, uh, news that they're going to do that, or after Warner Brothers announced the release of its 2021 movies on HBO Max at the same time as in theaters, cinema stocks fell 21%. Um, AMC nosedive by 17% and IMAX went down 7.3%. So the theater owners are pissed off. Well, uh, that makes sense. Uh, Legendary helped finance the production of Dune. However, they claim WB did not consult them about streaming the film on HBO Max, so they're officially suing Warner Brothers. 
or considering suing Warner Brothers. They have a case. They have a case. Um, What's interesting, what I find interesting about it is that Netflix has proven to the world that you can make a $200 million movie, release it for free, and somehow make a ton of money, money. And I know HBO Max is looking at this as a let's get subscribers, because at the end of the day, that's what it's going to be. Um, Christopher Nolan um, specifically um, is really angry, calling HBO Max the worst streaming service. Um, He's mad because Tenant was the experiment and he's just he's upset about it. But Christopher Nolan specifically says, uh, and I quote, uh, some of our industry's biggest filmmakers and most important stars went to bed the night before thinking they were working for the greatest movie studio and woke up to find out they were working on the worst streaming service. Uh, wow. Warner Brothers had an incredible machine for getting a filmmaker's work out everywhere, both in theaters and in the home. They are dismantling it as we speak. They don't even understand what they're losing. Their decision makes no economic sense. And even the most casual Wall Street investor can see the difference between disruption and dysfunction. Um, that's from Christopher Nolan. Um, I mean, his comments make a ton of sense, especially coming from him being as visual of a filmmaker as he is like he's, uh, he's worried that his work is not going to translate well to the small screen as its only medium. He needs that IMAX. He needs that big format to to tell his story. I know he does. And the what's, and, and I completely agree, but again, I've been ever as I've been kind of digging through this news of about how everyone's like mad at Warner Brothers for making this decision. Um, again, Netflix has proven to people that releasing movies for technically free makes them a ton of money. And I don't I don't understand that part of it at all. Uh, look, look at a lot of the movies that Netflix has released. They're not huge. They're very story driven. They're not visual. They're not huge visual masterpieces like the Christopher yes. Nolan's and the, you know, the the MCU universe type stuff. They're they're right, never yeah. going to have that type of movie release on Netflix only. <clears throat> right. There, and there's I, a couple of like ones with pretty big budgets and like action set pieces, like the Michael Nolan one. What was it? The I just keep thinking ridiculous six, but I don't. Is that uh, what it's it's uh, Six Underground. With, six Underground. Uh, yeah. Reynolds. And, and yeah, that but, was. But I, I think you're still like I still think that Christopher Nolan's movie uh, or Tenant like is definitely held at a higher regard. And uh, I think you're spot on, Adam, with saying like this is a movie that deserves to be released in theaters as most of these other ones like Dune. The trailer for Dune, it looks like visually it's going to be spectacular. And as much as I as much as I was looking forward to watching some of these movies in the comfort of my home. It's true. Like these movies deserve to be on the big screen. And why is anybody going to go to the theater when they can just watch it in their living room? Um, Um, I saw Wonder Woman after it already left theaters. I never get a chance to see Wonder Woman in the theaters. And now seeing what I've seen with the original Wonder Woman and now looking at what's coming with Wonder Woman 84. I don't want to watch it on my my TV at home. I want to go to the theater and watch it in, you know, anamorphic widescreen mind-blowing awesomeness i don't want to sit on my tv and you know have my kid asking me a question every 15 seconds like i don't want to do that i want to watch it and just be immersed in the film yeah with with the first sorry sorry. that i completely completely understand with um my big thing is i really miss going to the theater like really miss it that was like absolutely 
but I'm at a point where like I can't like <laughs> there's nowhere around me that I go to a theater to. So um, being able to that's, at least that's see not true. I mean, aren't isn't the theater by you doing um, like reserve showings? Um, yeah, kind of. But like it's 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 weird. And I kind of looked into it a little bit, but I'm like, it's like you got to like prepay X number of seats and all that stuff. It's like it's weird. So I just. Well, yeah, like, yeah, you mean the theater's got to make their money. They're not just going to sell it out for one guy to go sit in the theater. So, well, they should because I do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your slot is two a.m. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but no, Turn it's the lights just, out when you're done. Right, it's weird. And sorry, go ahead, Peter. What you were going to say? Oh no, I mean, I was just going to say earlier with the first Wonder Woman, there was an element of like watching it in theaters. There was an element of like, like with a lot of superhero films, there's that sort of collective excitement that all the audience have that has that's really infectious so i remember leaving the first wonder woman and feeling pumped like this movie was awesome i'm so excited uh it was kind of a similar feeling to um leaving the first uh the first avengers movie i remember feeling so excited and there was that sort of collective excitement in the air from the whole audience and i do think that's something that's going to be missing with uh Wonder Woman 84, like, I'm sure it's great, but watching that in my living room, it's going to be cool, but at the same time, it's going to kind of, there's going to be a bit of a letdown because there's not, you know, you're not laughing and excited with a whole audience and you're not talking about it afterwards with a group of friends. It's just kind of solitary, which is definitely disappointing. So I feel like this comment is kind of going down a different road, but uh, well, yeah, no, it's Peter, just you're a totally right. Situation, I mean, you know? Peter, you're 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 dead on, and that's that's yeah. the sad part. Um, and like, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one movie title, and Andy's gonna know exactly what I'm talking about. Blade three. Uh, Blade three. I'd say Blade two. Was it Blade two that we went and saw together? It, it was what? Blade two that we Blade that, two. that, that okay. happened with. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I totally. And that's a I mean, that's a perfect example. It's it's the energy in the theater and all that stuff. Um, again, though, just on a money thing, I understand. I totally agree with what I, I mean. I don't know if I 100 percent agree with what Christopher Nolan's saying, but I do feel for him because I understand what he, this point he's trying to make. However, it's going to come down to a numbers game with subscribers. And I think what I think what Warner Brothers is looking at is going, we have too many movies to release. And we have too much stuff following it and we have too much stuff following that because we put things into pre-production that we need to look at this year and go, how about we maximize what we lost in 2020 and know that we're not going to make the money the way we need to. So let's maximize what we can on our streaming service. Let's try and play the Netflix game for a year and then play catch up. And I think that the only studio really trying to do that, um, but they went up four million users. And that's the other thing that um, I thought was interesting, um, that they've increased four million newer view, uh, users. So, yeah, well, I think I think you, you have a good point. And I think like hearing kind of what you were saying about Warner Brothers just now kind of leaves me with the impression that Warner Brothers making this move isn't necessarily that surprising. Like, I feel like we all kind of know everything's going to be shifting a lot more heavy handedly towards streaming now. But as far as just a PR move, this is a mess. Like they should have, yep. shouldn't have announced every movie at once. They should have eased both, uh, the people involved in their studio and the audience into this move instead of making such a big announcement that's going <laughs> to piss everybody off. You know what I mean? Right. And I don't think, and I don't think, uh, 
And I didn't, you know, when Dune says that they didn't consult them. Yeah. We didn't know that. You know what I mean? You would yeah. think someone would have reached out and said, hey, we're going to do this. Um, but I let's mean, move even, on. Even if they restructured it just to do, okay, all right, fine. You know what? It's coming to HBO Max two weeks after it is in, released in theaters. Because we've got vaccines rolling out. Theaters are going to be opening back up second quarter. I mean, you're going to see a big shift in this whole virus thing as people start seeing that, you know, okay, the vaccine is, is working or it's turning everybody into I am legend. Either way, it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> um, but you're going to see a shift when numbers start coming down, the vaccine's effective, the FDA comes out and fully approves it. You're going to see these huge swaths of people getting the vaccine and going out and starting to live life again, going back and doing the social things that they used to do. And if numbers continue to trend down after the vaccine goes out, you're going to see the restrictions lifted. You're going to see a lot of this stuff change. Um, and I'm not just speaking as a layperson; I am a healthcare professional. So these things are going to affect the industry further on down the road. And I think Warner Brothers is looking at this as we've got an opportunity to, you know, cash in and HBO's like, Hey, we want to help. Um, and they're looking at short money and they're not potentially looking at what it could do to damage them PR wise further on down the road. Right. I mean, you're going to yeah. see a lot of artists go to them and like, they're going to say, Hey, we've got this movie and they're gonna be like, nah, you know what? I I'm good. I, I don't really trust the way you guys do business. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll see how that all plays out. Um, but let's keep moving. Cause like I said, there's a ton of stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like there's Disney really, <laughs> Well, no, I'm just laughing. Cause I know we're like dissecting every story. I know. That's why I said point. some of these, we can, <laughs> sorry, I'll these... stop. I'll just shut no, up. No, no, no. This is, this is awesome. Actually. I just think no. it's going to be our longest episode ever. <laughs> it'll, it'll be. Um, I knew going in tonight, I'm like strap in guys. So this is a long one. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll get to the okay. Geez, all right. So real quick, um, we know Titans is on HBO Max now from the DC Universe app. Uh, Red Hood is going to be in season three, apparently. Um, apparently, uh, reportedly, Red Hood is getting its own spinoff series, um, which is cool. I like the character, so bring it. I'm down. Yeah, I like that actor's portrayal. Like I've only seen the first season of Titans, but his portrayal of Jason Todd is pretty great, in my opinion. So, and in my opinion, it gets better as season two. You need to watch. You need to see that. I absolutely do. <laughs> um, and then uh, Joe Manganiello uh, talked about what Ben Affleck's Batman film was supposed to be. Um, oh, I haven't heard this one. And this is like a full synopsis from Joe Manganiello, who was who plays Deathstroke. And, and this was supposed to be Ben Affleck's solo Batman film that takes place after the Justice League. So this is just a quick rundown of what Joe Manganiello had said. Um, he said that um, it's a proposed storyline, bears the strongest similarities to the Born Again, which is a classic arc from Frank Miller's run on Dar Daredevil. Uh, we know that Affleck, obviously, he played Daredevil, but he's a big Frank Miller fan. And that was one of the reasons he wanted to do Batman to begin with. Um, but he said uh, it was really cool. It was really dark and really hard. Uh, Mangal Manganello said wistfully, "It was. I was very excited for it. So was Snyder, who teased um, uh, the Batman was the original version. And I think, yeah, okay. 
the original pitch was for Batman for the Batman. That's what this was supposed to be titled. And then it became the uh, Robert Pattinson one. Deathstroke performed a similar uh, demolition job on Bruce Wayne's life, systematically destroying his public status as Gotham City's leading citizen and his private existence as its Cape Crusader. It was a really dark story in which Deathstroke was like a shark or a horror movie villain that was horror movie villain that was dismantling Bruce's life from the inside out. It was a systematic thing. He killed everyone close to Bruce and Bruce and destroyed his life to try and make him suffer because he felt Bruce was responsible for something that happened to him. Well, I think that sounds really cool. Um, I, know. I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if it's just like I, for some reason, get drawn to the really dark stories filled with pain and stuff. But uh, no, that sounds like a really interesting movie. And uh, yeah, I mean, I wish we could see it. Hopefully it'll be made eventually. Um, but yeah, sounds awesome. OK, now here comes the big stuff because Disney had a shareholder meeting. So do you guys want to talk Marvel first or Star Wars first? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> well, how about this? The non, the, okay, t- uh, two real fast, uh, non of either one, real quick. Uh, Netflix is doing an alien series. No, 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 sorry, FX is doing an alien television show. Okay. Um, uh, awesome. That's cool. I hope it's good. <laughs> yep, I agree. Um, there is going to be a Buzz Lightyear series coming to Disney+. Plus. Um, it is going to be okay. an anim- it is going to be a computer animated Buzz Lightyear show, and it's going to be a young Buzz Lightyear um, as opposed to the one we saw in the Toy Story films. And it's supposed to be a little bit. This is supposed to be like the Space Ranger kind of thing as opposed yeah. to Toy Story. And Buzz Lightyear will be voiced by Chris Evans. So, <laughs> so they ha- they had an old uh, Buzz Lightyear uh, 2D animated cartoon called Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, which was that sort of it wasn't about the toy. It was about the actual Space Ranger. And uh, back when that was airing, I thought it was pretty cool. So hopefully it's similar. Um, yeah, this is definitely good to hear. That's about all I have to say about it. Though. <laughs> so. um, I yeah, well, they have like one image released and it looks it just looks cool. So I was like, awesome. Oh, I'll have to um, check that out. Okay, uh, so let's talk Marvel real quick then. So, um, reportedly, it is rumored, and I'm assuming when when the way rumors work on the internet is if it's rumored, it's going to be true because they've released it. It's all premedic, it's all premeditated rumors where you say rumor this person wants to play this character or this person's in talk to play this character, and then a week right. later you find out it's confirmed. So. Uh, rumor: Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield will be coming in to play Spider-Man's for Spider-Man Three alongside Tom Holland, along with Kristen Dunst and Emma Stone playing Mary Jane and um, Gwen Stacy. Also confirmed: um, Alfred Molina will be coming back to play Doctor Octopus in Spider-Man Three. Hold on. Not done. Charlie Cox. (laughs) Charlie Cox from the Daredevil series on Netflix will be coming in to reprise his role as Daredevil in Spider-Man 3. Breaking news. news. Ryan Reynolds will be playing Green Lantern in Spider-Man 3. (laughs) Oh, give me a break. (laughs) Is that true? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm adding that in. What I saw when I started reading this, this person's coming back, that person's coming back, is I really made me wonder if... Marvel was like, oh, no, the Flash movie is not going to do Flashpoint and bring in all this stuff without us going, look at what we got, which is cooler. Um, 
So I, I really that as a DC fan, that kind of bugs me because it's like DC made those announcements about the Flash movie and then they're like, oh, by the way, we have this other thing with all these other characters because we're making a multiverse, too. Um, I'm totally down for this either way, but it just kind of bugs me when Marvel does that kind of stuff. Um, and if you look through history, they've been doing it a lot. <laughs> so. Yeah, but but I think this is pretty cool because it reminds me of uh, back in 2016 when BVS and uh, Civil War were coming out really, uh, you know, really close to right. each other. And uh, there is kind of just this collective I keep using the phrase collective excitement, which is kind of funny, but there really was over these two move like massive superhero movies that were coming out. And this kind of is starting to feel like the same thing. Um, and then just to be honest, I think it's really cool and funny that this is happening with Spider-Man because the joke for so many years was just how many times Spider-Man's been rebooted. And the fact that they're bringing it all together now is just like really, really fun in my opinion. <laughs> Right. Um, look, this is basically them doing a live action Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse, yeah. yeah. So um, it's, it could be really cool. And they haven't announced anything re related to like Miles Morales, so that could be a big surprise. Um, we'll see what happens. I mean, That's the post-credit scene. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and it's cool <laughs> that they're, they're going to do a live action one, but I think like Into the Spider-Verse was so good on its own. It's like, why? Why do you got to mess with it? Just, just leave it alone. It's fine. Right. Yeah, well, good call. I, I always stand behind the whole like you don't always have to live actionize animated stuff. So, yeah, definitely good call there. Right. All right. Well, since we are discussing Marvel, since I mentioned Spider-Man, we'll just start with Marvel then. Um, OK, so Disney had a shareholder meeting and they released a ton of stuff. Um, so um, we know about WandaVision. I'm going to read the ones I'm going to read off the things that we didn't know about prior to going into this meeting. Um Marvel's Ironheart. Um, it's I'm not sure if this is going to be a movie or not. Um, it's coming straight. Uh, no, it's going to be a series titled Ironheart, which if you read the comics, Ironheart is a girl who kind of takes over for Iron Man. So uh, uh, Riri w Williams, right? Yeah. So with uh, Robert Downey Jr. out, this is them going, hey, we're going to still do Iron Man, but it's going to be in a different way. Um uh, Marvel uh, Captain Marvel 2 is confirmed um, with Miss Marvel and Monica Rambeau. Um, so uh, that's coming. I, th I think we all knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, Christian Bale was originally rumored to be in talks to play a villain uh, for Thor 4, uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, Christian Bale's Thor role has been revealed. He will be playing Gore. Um, if you know that character from the Thor comic books, um, I think this is going to be interesting because it makes me wonder if Christian Bale is actually going to be in a guy in a suit um, or if it's going to be a CGI character that he'll be doing the voice for a la um, Bradley Cooper with Rocket Raccoon. Mm. So uh, because that's a that's going to be a tough character to do. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, officially uh, March 19th. Finally, we get a date for that. Um what is that six six months later than it was supposed to come it, out or something? It's real close. It's real close to a year later. Oh uh, wow! Because it was like what March? Um, yeah, real like real close because they were supposed to be out before Mandalorian. Um, That's yeah. insane. <laughs> and COVID kind of pushed them back. Mm -hmm. um, so Ant Man three will be titled Quantum Mania. <laughs> <laughs> 
which is, which is a really fun title. But um, uh, so it's Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania is the full title of the film. And Michelle Pfeiffer will be returning to uh, reprise her role. Um, the Nick Fury television series um, is titled Secret Invasion. OK, um, you called it, didn't you? You were I like, did. I, I like said it back ago. I said it a long time ago that I guarantee they're going to be rolling into Secret Invasion. And that's probably where the, like I really think they're going to I really think the direction they're going after the Infinity Saga is Secret Wars. But I knew that they were going to be using the scrolls from Captain Marvel to shoehorn in Secret Invasion in a weird way. And it's going to be a series on Disney Plus. Um, and it's titled Secret Invasion, so I uh, kind of saw that coming. My only frustration with this is Secret Invasion is a very complicated storyline, um, and I found it very difficult to read. So hopefully they found a way to clean it up a bit. Yeah, well, it might, it might be better as a TV show than a comic, and definitely better as a TV show than a movie, because as you sure. said, it's a complicated story. So, uh, yeah, I think it'll be cool. I want to see more scrolls for sure. So. Right. Um, <laughs> here, here's a fun one for the kids. Um, everyone's favorite little tree, Baby Groot, will star in a series of shorts on Disney Plus titled I Am Groot. <laughs> oh. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's Marvel going, hey, wait a minute. I know you guys like Baby Yoda, but hold on. We got this thing over here. <laughs> yeah. Um, you you kind of took Lucasfilm, took our flag away from us. Um, here's the here's the big one. Uh, Fantastic Four movie confirmed. Dope. That's awesome. Yep. Um, they don't have any casting announcements here. It's just Fantastic Four movie coming, um, which is great. Running for the most reboots tied for Spider-Man. Yeah, right. Um, they did, I'm not complaining, uh, though. <laughs> no, neither am I. I mean, heck, I like comic book movies, and every time you make it better, I'm okay with it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, with that being said, um, there is a Falcon and the Winter Soldier trailer that hit today. There is a Loki trailer that hit today. Um, so there's some stuff you guys should definitely go check out. And the one that had me laugh the most, and I guarantee this will be going right to Disney+, Plus. Um, is the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So uh, that'll be an interesting one to uh, check out. Um, okay. You guys ready for Star Wars? Because this is huge. Um, and I know, we're, I know we're running long, but there's a lot. Um, okay. So Star Wars announced a megaton of news, which got me super, super excited. So first off, let's talk about some stuff we know about. So we talked about the rumor of the Ahsoka show coming, um, that we, we knew that there was going to be a, a Ahsoka television show with Rosario Dawson playing Ahsoka after seeing her in the Mandalorian. If you listen to dialogue cues, a lot of people are assuming that a lot of that dialogue from her, like where's grand Admiral Thrawn, um, uh, specifically talking about other Jedi out there and that kind of stuff. We think that she, that was set up lines for the Ahsoka show. Um, the Ahsoka show is coming for sure. And it is set within the timeline of the Mandalorian. Of course they got to do right. their, their crossovers. They do have to do the crossovers. So, um, that's, yep. that's good to know. Now I would, I would also hope that there's some flashbacks in there to kind of fill in some of the holes in the timeline. Right. Um, let's talk about Kenobi real quick. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, we knew that specific series was coming. Um, we've known this for a while. 
Um, that will be set. Um, the series begins 10 years after the dramatic events of Revenge of the Sith. Um, so to give you guys an idea, the movie, the solo film kind of fits like right in the middle of that Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Uh, so I'm kind of curious as to if I'm going to sit down and watch them in chronological order, in which order do I watch them? Uh, but that's right around that time frame. Uh, the big news about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series is that Hayden Christensen will be returning to play Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker. Um, which means that you're not only going to get the Hayden Christensen Darth Vader that we saw at the end of Revenge of the Sith, but you are also going to get uh, probably some flashbacks if he's playing both characters. So that's awesome. I think that's awesome, personally. Yeah, I, that's I think gonna... that's awesome too. <clears throat> no, I I'm really excited for that. Um, I think uh, what I one of the things I learned about Hayden's performance of uh, Darth Vader was that he uh, mimicked. He studied Darth Vader's cadence, like the way he says his lines, like just the cadence and the way he talks. Hmm. So his line delivery as Anakin matched Darth Vader from the original trilogy in the cadence of the way he talked. I and, could see that, how he and like I've pauses gone, between sentences and stuff yeah, like that. And I've gone back and like when it's on TNT and stuff, I've paid real close attention to the way he talks and I'm like, Oh my God, he's literally talking like Darth Vader. How did we not see it back in the day when mm -hmm. everyone was finding about the prequels? Like it's, it makes me really appreciate the performance he did give. Um, okay. Ready for, ready for some big ones. Cause this is the exciting thing here. Um, oh, sorry. We talked about that news story already. Um, so I'm assuming these are the X-wing pilots from the Mandalorian. There's a, there's a series called Star Wars Rangers of the New Republic, uh, which will be coming to Disney Plus, and it's a series set within the timeline of the Mandalorian. My guess is the Rangers of the New Republic. I was just thinking about those X-wing pilots, kind of were acting like kind of cops in a way. <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. Uh, so that was my guess. There's not a lot there, but I was like, oh, cool, original, you know, original series. That's great. I'm down for more Star Wars, but there's a lot of Star Wars coming. Um, there is a, it is a Lando Calrissian series coming. Nice. Uh, starring, uh, Donald Glover. That'd be my guess. Um, what would be, be really, cool. would be really cool is if they took old, they, they brought in Billy D Williams. Cause remember in solo, when you see Donald Glover with his little like hollow projector and he's recording his memoirs. Mm -hmm. If you see, if you saw like, old Lando. So Billy D. Williams comes back and he's telling the story like he's narrating his adventures. And then Donald Glover is playing young Lando in the flashbacks that we're watching. I agree. I just thought, I just <laughs> thought that'd be kind of, I just thought that'd be kind of cool. Um, they better get on that old Billy D's right. Old. Um, <laughs> well, they, they can just CGI him. Um, <laughs> Uh, Sorry, that joke was probably in really poor taste. My, my Peter, <laughs> Peter, you might like this. Um, you might get into this idea. There's a sh there's a show coming called Star Wars Visions, uh, which is an original animated series on Disney Plus. It's going to be a series of short films um, that celebrates the Star Wars galaxy through a lens of the world's best Japanese anime creators. Oh, cool! Yeah, I, I didn't know about this, but that's pretty neat. So just the idea of doing like a, just a different like animated style. Um, the and, and you might get to see some like different characters and species you don't really get to see explored that often. So, yeah, definitely cool. Yeah. OK, the first 
Now, all the Star Wars movies, they took a bit, they took a break. So after Rise of Skywalker, there's a break, and then we're gonna start pumping out Star Wars movies, right? Uh, the first movie was supposed to be out in 2022, but because of COVID, they're pushing it back to 2023. I'm okay with the wait. Uh, it gives me a little more time to digest like Rise of Skywalker and the sequel trilogy and kind of watch some of that stuff again. Because that's honestly my only complaint about I was all about one Star Wars movie a year, but I didn't have time to digest before the next Star Wars movie came out. So I'm okay with a break. Uh, what I will say is. Someone put together and I'm not I'm not going to toot my own horn and I'm just going to say I had a small hand in this. Someone online put together a supercut of X-Wing footage. Uh, Adam, you sent me this video. So it's basically the supercut of all these X-Wing footage from the movies to the Danger Zone song from Top Gun. Uh, <laughs> put it up on YouTube. Adam, you sent me the video. I did. I I retweeted, I put the video up on Twitter and said, this needs to be a Disney Plus show now. And then Disney retweeted it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Which I thought was awesome. I got so excited when I saw that. So I was like, because I've been screaming for the X-Wing television show for years. Like, we need to have this. We need to have the movie. The very first movie out the gate, the, the next Star Wars movie coming in 2023 will be titled Star Wars Rogue Squadron. That's yes, great. everyone. That's awesome. yeah. Everyone clap and cheer and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I cannot wait. I was so excited when I saw that because you know if you don't know if you're if you're that novice Star Wars fan, Rogue Squadron is it's all X wings. It's the pilot. It's the Rogue Squadron is the group of guys who survived, who flew in the you know battle against the first Death Star. That's what they called themselves, but they carried the name throughout the years. So uh, it doesn't say when it's set. Um, but it does say, um, you know, it's just titled Rogue Squadron, and that's just awesome. Um, the next movie to follow it, though, um, is a movie called The Acolyte, um, which makes me wonder if it's a Sith thing, if it's like the history of the Sith, or if it's going to be like, uh, or if it's going to be a uh, Jedi Acolyte thing, or it's going to be some Mysteries of the Force type thing. So uh, that'll be cool. Um, we also got some news about the Ant, the Cassian Andor series, which will be titled and, Andy. Real quick, do you think that's going to be kind of a Knights of the Old Republic type? Possibly. I'm really hoping that that's time frame go, because I was I was hoping that Darth Revan was the next thing. Um, I I was really hoping that was the direction they were going to take after the sequel trilogy. Well, let's go way back when no one was at like. Let's go way back and took look at some era of Star Wars that people haven't really been playing in because. Right. I don't want to say we've exhausted the era that we've lived in, but we the prequel era, the original trilogy, and then the sequel trilogy, we've been playing in yeah. those time gaps for so long. Let's look at something else. Um, so that'd be my guess, uh, looking at Darth Revan, you know, the Sith Empire. That'd be awesome. Um, we got some information on the uh, Cassian Andor series, uh, which a trailer for that. It's more of a sizzle reel, but it's out. Um and then uh, the Bad Batch, which is the next animated series based off of the Clone Wars animation. Uh, so if you watch season seven, they did that Bad Batch arc. Um, that also, we knew that was coming, but the trailer for the Bad Batch released, and it basically looks like they were like, "Well, we're doing this, so let's take a look at all these trooper things." And it looks like the show for uh, if you remember the video game uh, Republic Commando. 
Yeah, that, that was the exact feeling I got from it too. That I was is like awesome. It's going to be squad based. This is going to be great because the Bad Batch was one, of, honestly, one of my favorite arcs. Right, and it, it was such a cool arc. Well, literally, go look up the trailer. It's amazing. Oh, I watched it before we got out. I have it written down in the news hearing in my stuff to talk about. If you didn't get to it, so yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> but you did. Yeah, I know, right? So, um, yeah. So let's see. I, okay, that's everything there. And then Rogue Squadron. Uh, there's a some special. I don't know. It's it's either a special or it's a movie that's probably going straight to Disney Plus called A Droid Story. Um, that could literally be like a. I don't know what that is. That could be a documentary of like how they made the droids. Who knows? Um, but then they have uh, Indiana Jones Five will be coming as well. That is officially, and they said it is going to conclude the Indiana Jones story. Um, so interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then they have something called Children of Blood and Bone, uh, which I'm not really sure what that is yet because I was too excited about Star Wars and gathering as much stuff as I could to uh, go from there. So I did see like I didn't watch any. Oh, yeah. And then the will and then the Willow show. But we talked that that mm. was coming. So, yeah, I feel like, well, related to Willow, I feel like I'm more excited about that show than a lot of other people I've talked to. <laughs> but uh, I, that's that show is going to be awesome, at least I hope. But yeah, Children of Blood. And what was it? And that's bone. the one that. Yeah, that Children one. Just, and bone. That one. That's the one that really drew a question mark above my head. Uh Metal Gear Solid style, because I didn't really know what that uh, what that show was going to even entail. I don't know if you, either of you have a clue, but yeah, uh, I just looked it up. It's actually based off a book. It's a uh, young adult fiction. Um, looks like it's kind of I'm just just quick reading through it here. So go ahead and talk and I can read through this. Well, the, does this fall under like the Lucasfilm stuff or is this just kind of a random? It, this it is just going to be I think this is just going to be a Disney movie of, of its okay. own stand out on its own because what I'm reading here is it's um it was well, listed what, under the it was listed under the Lucasfilm news if that matters at all. And that's what confused yeah. me because I see this timeline and it's like Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Indiana Jones and then this random thing. So um yeah. I mean yeah. I could research it later. I just didn't know if either of you even knew what it was. <laughs> yeah, no, it looks like it's part of a, a series. It's um a fantasy book. So it would probably fit under the um, the Lucas, like okay. kind of in that that Willow. But I, I I'm trying to glance through this and just get a quick synopsis. But I'm really not. I'm struggling here. So because it's kind of all no. over the place. <laughs> no, yeah. No, um, but well, it looks like it's gonna have a lot later. of stuff to deal with, like oppression and racism, slavery, that type of thing. Um, okay. It's yeah. I'm just kind of glancing through this here on Wikipedia, and I'm not really getting much as far as what the actual story is gonna be about. So. Yeah, I just know that like I'm I'm looking at this list of Star Wars stuff going. I'm gonna actually have to put together a timeline of like order of like what to watch it in. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you're gonna have a Star Wars conspiracy board, or basically with the red yarn and all the post-its everywhere, and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which is both daunting, but also really exciting at the same time. So there you yeah. go. And, and I love that meme of Charlie Cox. Uh, <laughs> it's like someone asked me a simple Star Wars question, and this is really me, and it's got this comparison theory board. <laughs> yes, that's that's dead on. Um, all right. So that kind of exhausts the news. If you guys aren't like overwhelmed by Star Wars uh, news, I cannot wait for 
Rogue Squadron. I'm so excited that that's coming. Um, but are you guys ready to finally discuss the list for the night? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, Adam, you good for the list for the night? Yeah. Um, so why don't I have a question about the list that I would like to for the listeners so that they understand. Cool. And I know how you're about, probably going to go through it, but how about let's this? just get that out of the way and we'll talk as we go. Hold that question. Uh, Ryan, we're going to talk the list. So if you could do me a favor and roll the thing. And now for the top five. Uh, here's what we're going to do. So the list tonight is uh, movies that are not that take place at Christmas that aren't really Christmas movies. So we get to argue whether they make it or not to the, um, and I have a feeling that we're going to match on a lot of these. Um, yeah. So, uh, but it's all good. Cause when I was looking them up, I was like, wow. All right. Uh, so we're going to have a lot of matching, which might make this go a little quicker, but Hey, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. But Adam, before we let Ryan play the soundbite, um, you said you had a question. So, yeah, I just wanted to clarify. So we said Christmas movies that aren't Christmas movies. So, you're talking they take place at Christmas time and may or may not be confused for Christmas movies, or they only take place at Christmas time and have no Christmas um, like theme running through them. Well, so so let me. How about this? Um, lethal I, I, weapon. Like lethal weapons, a perfect example, right? Because the movie takes place at Christmas. Um, there's some Christmas themes, so you can say, so, like, the argument is, oh, hey, technically it could be a Christmas movie. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Uh, you can ar- – someone someone would probably like to argue that that would be a Christmas movie. However, it's not about Christmas at all. It's not designed as a Christmas movie when they Correct. put it out. This Correct. just happened to be set at Christmas. Correct. Got it. Yeah. Like, yeah, Star Wars Episode Seven is a perfect example. Because the movie has nothing to do with Christmas. It just released at Christmas. So when I hear the soundtrack to Ray's theme from that movie, I always think about Christmas. <laughs> I don't know if that's a perfect that, that, yeah. no. <laughs> that, that's you. you go with that. No, every time, every time I hear that song, though, so every time because I, I listen to soundtracks in the car all the time. So every time I hear Ray's theme from episode seven, it always makes me think of Christmas because that year I went and saw episode seven five times in the theater. So it just it was just a very Christmas movie for me. But well, I think it was for all of us. But the movie has absolutely nothing like the actual <laughs> plot of the movie has nothing to do with Christmas I know itself, so. <laughs> it's not even a reference. So anyway, um, how about this? So who wants to go first? doesn't really matter. Uh, honor- I have one honorable mention. I don't know about you guys. I have two. Adam, do you have any? Honorable- I have two honorable mentions. All right. So we'll let Adam go first. I'll go and then Peter. So we'll All right. you, you're about to get about to get really, really mad at me because I put a movie no. on here that I haven't actually watched. I just know. <gasps> I know. No, well, I know. At least it's an honorable mention, but it's an honorable right. mention. And you're going to be mad because when you tell when I tell you what the honorable mention is, you can be like, you haven't seen that yet. Well, I have it, it brings me up an idea for a list later on, but go ahead. <laughs> Shazam. Oh, my. I didn't even it, think of a Shazam. Why didn't Shazam. I think of Shazam? Shazam, <laughs> Shazam is a Christmas also. movie. And again, you haven't seen that movie. <laughs> I own it. I just have never Ben never wants to watch it. So I'm like. Oh. So, yeah. Ben is my son, by the way. So 
Yeah, no, that that's that's awesome. I honestly did not think of Shazam, and I feel like I should change my list, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm honestly changing my list. <laughs> I had one questionable entry, but uh, I'm changing it. <laughs> You'll um, see later. So, like, I know all I know about it is from what I've seen in the trailers. So, obviously, it takes place at Christmas time. There's Christmas lights everywhere. It's winter. Um, right, but but it's on, that, it's I honestly not a Christmas movie. Christmas. No, not at all. It is not a Christmas movie one bit, but it does talk about that Christmas spirit of family and togetherness and all that stuff. And that's the ultimate message of the movie. So um, in this weird way, I guess you could say it is uh, a Christmas movie. Um, All right. So since Adam hasn't seen that, all Peter and I can say is we both like that movie and we can berate you for the rest of your life until you see the movie. It It has a really, really cool villain as well. Uh, it does. And it's a very, very dark villain to. Uh... Yeah, I don't know if I'd let your kid. I don't know if your kid's old enough to watch that movie. yet, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about some of the stuff that villain does, it's it's pretty heinous. Um, okay. So my first uh, honorable mention is the movie Prometheus. Um, and, you know, if you've seen Prometheus, you're like, that's an alien film, like as an alien, <sighs> um, like like blood and gore and violence and whatnot. And you got to remember um, this is an honorable mention. It doesn't really fit the bill the way my other actual list ones do. But this is one where they came out of cryosleep and Charlie, uh, Charlie Theron, who's the captain of the ship, comes walking out from like she just basically got cleaned up after cryosleep. And she comes walking into like the I guess the mess hall of the ship. And uh, Idris Elba, who plays the captain, is decorating a Christmas tree. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, it's Christmas. <laughs> um, that is the one and only Christmas reference in the movie. <laughs> Uh, Do you know if they did they just base that off of when the movie was released or why did uh, I would have to I would have to look up the release date for Prometheus. But it just made me laugh because I remember being in the theater going, it's a Christmas movie. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I'm I'm sure uh, Ridley Scott would say there's some like esoteric theological themes in there that justify the Christmas reference and all that. I just didn't know if there was any like surface level, like this is why they set the movie at Christmas. Um, But yeah, I didn't know if you had more to say. Not really. I just wanted to bring it up and uh, uh, I just, that's like I said, it's an honorable mention. So it's, I love that movie because I mean, it's just, it's a good movie in general. So, um, but uh, I'm a big fan of that franchise. So yeah, that was it. That's awesome. Um, should I go into my my one honorable mention then? Oh, now, yeah, since you we, guys both want, we if we yeah, I guess we could, and then that'll that'll loop us back around. We'll figure it out. So yeah, go ahead. Okay. So well, first of all, I didn't even. It's kind of funny you gave Prometheus as an example, and uh, I kind of forgot about that. But that probably would have made an honorable mention for me too if I would have remembered. But my one honorable mention is an honorable mention because. It's not a Christmas movie and it doesn't count because it's an entire series. <laughs> so it has to be an honorable mention. But uh, and I actually stole this idea a little bit from a blog that I saw while researching for this episode. But uh, I picked the Harry Potter movie series just as a whole. And I, uh, I understand why you say that. Yeah. Well, well, the thing is, ABC Family used to show Harry Potter marathons around Christmas. And it's one of those things where the first time I saw that that was happening, I would just said to myself, well, that makes sense because almost every movie has a Christmas break sequence. Usually it has a, you know, big things to do with the plot. So it actually kind of really makes sense that the Christmas 
just idea fits into that series really well, even though it's not at all a Christmas series. So that's my one honorable mention. So, yeah. Nice. All right. Um, Adam, what's your next honorable mention? All right. So it is actually Christmas movies. Um, it is Home Alone <laughs> 1 and 2. <laughs> Wait. Okay, nice. What? Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> because basically this movie is diehard for kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, essentially, you can yeah. pull that you can pull the whole Christmas scenario completely out of that movie and make it like his parents went to Tahiti for a week, you know, and left him home alone. It doesn't matter where they went. It it works right. without the Christmas theme in that movie. Right. I mean, you're going to be happy to see your mom after a week home alone, regardless of if it's Christmas or not. Yeah, that's a that's a interesting way of wording it. It's <laughs> it's like in the Big Bang Theory when they tried ruining Indiana Jones by saying if he wasn't in the movie, the events would have still taken place. True story. Um, I mean, yes and no. I, I that's one I like to argue with. But I mean, that's the whole point of this, isn't it? To argue? Well, to I discuss. Know, I know. But discussing whether in Raiders of the Lost Ark, the events of that movie would happen <laughs> with or without Indiana Jones is a show for another time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant like because discussing I'm, these movies. I'm that. totally down for that discussion. Let's do it on another episode. <laughs> Fine. So yeah, like that's my next honorable mention because technically, yes, they are Christmas movies, but you pull that plot and you can put it at any time frame. It doesn't have to happen at Christmas. Right. Right. Well, it's, it's also like, I, I would argue that like these movies are Christmas movies, but at the same time, the plot of the movie is about a kid, like uh vindictively torturing like two burglars. The whole time. <laughs> so it kind of makes sense that thematically it doesn't necessarily fit into that heartwarming family Christmas vibe. So, right. Yeah, that's a, yeah, it's a good point. Um, Okay, so my honorable mention, uh, my last one is Jurassic World. <laughs> um, and uh, if you are thinking to yourself, that's not true. First off, Google it. <laughs> <laughs> secondly, secondly, pay real close attention to the beginning because it's Christmas and they go to visit their aunt at the park as a Christmas present for Christmas break. <laughs> um the Christmas stuff is literally at the beginning. It's barely there. It's in the background. Um, but hey, um, that's that's the plot of the movie is Christmas break. And then they go to visit them the end of the park. And then, well, dinosaurs get loose. <laughs> so <laughs> then there's running and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> there's running, screaming, uh, complete mass hysteria. Um, so, yeah, Jurassic World. I didn't have a lot to say about it other than the fact that I really enjoyed it. It was just it hit right at the right time. It's just. And I think it released on Christmas in July. I'd have to double check that. But um, I know it was a summer movie. So that makes sense. And maybe that's why they even said it on Christmas. Because <laughs> this is another one that makes me question, like, why was it a Christmas movie? But um, whose turn is it? Is it mine? Should I start going uh, on my list? Yeah, we're going gonna to give it to you, then Adam, then me, because that's kind of how it kind of looped. So. Okay, so my first one should be easy. This is the one I changed my list for, but I'm going with Shazam. <laughs> I love that movie and I forgot about it. And this is a slot that I was really struggling with my number five slot because I 
I had a couple movies that were runner up runners up. Like at first I was going to go with trading places. And then I was like, I don't know if I love that movie enough for it to be my top five. And then I was going to go with just friends with Ryan Reynolds, but I'm going to go with Shazam because I think I definitely like that movie better than both those other choices. So there you go. You know, just friends made my short list. And it's I a really, funny movie. I love that movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. But I really do feel that there's way more Christmas in that movie than I Absolutely. could account for it being a Christmas slash not Christmas movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was just a weird. I'm like, I don't know if I could even count it based on. I don't I don't remember it like focusing on Christmas, though. It was just kind of like, yeah, they were singing. There's parts where they're singing carols and it all took place around Christmas time. But I don't know, maybe maybe I just got a different vibe from it or I'm not remembering it completely or something like that. It's all good. Um, but no, I, I, I hear you. Um, okay. Adam, you're up. Uh, so number five for me is Iron Man three. Oh yeah. What was Iron Man three Christmas or was that new year's? No, it was Christmas because, um, Oh, uh, the vice president sitting down to Christmas dinner. They've got the president strung up in, um, War Machine's patriotic armor by yeah. Christmas lights over the ship, you know. And then he gives the Christmas, and then he gives the kid all that stuff at the end of the movie right. too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, um, I mean, there's, you know there's really no plot that has anything to do with Christmas. It's just it's a timing device they use throughout the movie. Right, and um, I uh, I really actually liked Iron Man three. I wasn't a big fan of what they did with the uh, Mandarin because you wanted it to be the Mandarin and not the way they handled it. But but that's that's coming. But that's coming, and I'm okay with it. Be- not because it's coming, but because overall, I thought the movie was really solid. Oh yeah, the movie was fantastic. Um, I mean, Guy Pierce was the perfect level of creepy and just demented to play that part. And it was awesome. Right. Um, yeah, I, that, Hmm. I didn't like how they destroyed all the suits at the end. Cause I mean, clearly <laughs> they didn't destroy all the suits because there's more movies that Iron Man was in, but, um, <laughs> Wait, but are you cringing every time a suit was destroyed? <laughs> no, it was not the suit. Like, no, not that one. It was cost like so much. One. I bet it was more like, we didn't know how long we were getting Robert Downey Jr. as a actor for these movies. We didn't know how long it was going to go. And then he destroys all the suits. And I'm like, well, I guess that was his last movie. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a good point. You know, we just didn't know. And then that happened. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then when, you know, they're like, oh, and we're going to do this one now. And you're just like, all right. So he decided to build more suits. Like, <laughs> so, uh that's cool. They, that was something that never got explained. I don't think um, I'd have to go back and double check but i don't think that ever got explained so um yeah i'd have to rewatch that but i mean just going by the the timeline of the marvel movies you kind of knew that he wasn't done as iron man yeah like because you know thanos gets introduced way before iron actually you know at the end of avengers the first one and this takes place directly after the events of uh, the first avengers movie so you you kind of know yeah. it's co- there's more coming with yeah Iron he's not, he, he's he's never done and he told Pepper Potts he was done and then built the um uh the the nanotech suit that he has in uh, Infinity War and Endgame so you know he's not done he's not yeah. done. Uh, all right. So my first uh, actual pick is Lethal Weapon since I brought it up earlier. Um, 
Uh, it's it's a it's a great action film, but literally just happens to take place at Christmas. <laughs> um, and like Adam said, it's kind of used more as a time frame thing. So um, otherwise, the movie really has no other bearing on the holiday at all. You guys got quiet. Is there anything? <laughs> no, no, because I mean, like Lethal Weapon is just like, OK, there's Christmas lights hanging and there's a Christmas tree going on and absolutely nothing in the plot has to do with Christmas other than this is just the time it's set in. Right. Otherwise, it's just a great movie. Um, yeah, fantastic movie. <laughs> yeah. All the Lethal Weapons are fantastic. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Lethal Weapon was my first actual pick. So um, this rolls back to you, Peter. Okay, sweet. So my next pick, which I don't know if um, I'm ruining anything anybody wanted to save for later, but I am going with Krampus. Um, <laughs> this is a movie that <laughs> I this thought fucking... was... <laughs> I thought this movie was a really great time because it was kind of... Uh, it had that B horror sort of uh, ideology going for it, but it had a really like uh, like a pretty star studded cast, to be honest. And uh, there's a lot of really great uh, practical effects. I think if you watch the movie, the ending is very eerie. It has like a really cool, eerie sort of uh, B horror sort of ending. But it's also the ending is like intrinsically uh, linked to Christmas as well. So this one's kind of weird because it I feel like it is a Christmas movie, but because it is a horror movie, it's not. So if you guys want to argue against me on this one, feel free. Um, um, I just thought this movie was a great time. And uh, yeah, I, I will say I agree with you on this. The ending is definitely a mind trip. Um, yeah, the ending but, is an awesome mind trip. <laughs> yeah, um, but I mean, like this, this is not my my style of, of tea. I'm I'm not huge <laughs> into this and I Andy knows and it's just whatever. But you know, I watched this and I was just kind of like, all right, yep, uh-huh. Yep, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, because there's all there's all the horror movie tropes going on. Absolutely. <laughs> and you're like, yep, uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. No, don't go up there. Uh, uh-huh. You know, like that kind of thing. So it just it like it, it yes, I agree. The practical effects were awesome in it, and a lot of like, you know, the the stars you see, you know, there are a lot of B stars, but you're like, I know that guy from this and this and this. And so, yeah, it, it, it's a fun movie for what it is, but like, it's not my, my thing, but yeah, I will agree with you though. The, the ending is definitely a, a mind trip. So Th- this is another one of those movies. Cause I definitely know where you're coming from, where I love movies like this, but almost ever, like I went with a group of friends to see this. And most people I went with really didn't like this one too. So I definitely <laughs> understand where you're coming from. <laughs> I really enjoyed this movie, like just all around, just really enjoyed the movie. Um, I was it took me by surprise it um, and I was with it the whole way. I wasn't sure like I, w- I honestly wasn't sure what to think when I went into this movie. So um, I was just happy all around like and it was weird because I'm like, I don't know if this is a good like did I, I don't remember even if I watched it at Christmas. That's the other thing. Um, but. <laughs> I, I really don't know if I was like hmm, looking for a non-Christmas movie and threw it on during a Christmas period. I just know I was in the house by myself and I'm like, no one's around. I'm going to watch some Krampus because I can get away with it right now. Um, but, yeah, the ending is definitely a mind trip. Uh, I hope I don't want to call it a twist. I don't want to call it a turn. It's just a mind trip. So I hope that doesn't spoil like that there's something big coming at the ending. So um, so for some of our listeners out there, if you don't like spoilers, uh, Scott, we're talking about you. Um, yeah. Earmuffs, Scott. Um, Earmuffs. Yeah, right. No, it's just it's, it's that that ending was crazy. Um, Scott, you know I'm playing. I'm just messing with you. I know you're listening. Um, 
So yeah, um, I did hear that Honey Two was set at Christmas. I don't know. Um, if- <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> is that true? I have no idea. Oh, okay, um, that's I, awesome. Is there I, just even... know there, I just know there is a sequel to Honey. I just haven't seen it. Oh, um, I think there might be multiple sequels. Probably. Uh, Adam, you're up. Uh, number four for me is Gremlins. Ooh, Adam, we matched on this. All right. So, so Gremlins well, is a movie that scared the pants off me as a kid. I hate this is probably where my my thing of like scary movies came from where I just don't care for them. But yeah. I mean like going back and watching this as an adult now it's more comedic than scary. Yeah, the um, movie's hysterical. I yeah. I had a I there were there's definitely moments that are terrifying. Um and then once the it's like it's like there's like maybe 15 minutes of like actual terrifying footage and then it's just the standard like action funny movie. Right. <laughs> so you know so, the MacGuffin the Mogwai gizmo is a right. Christmas present um, given with um, well, the, the shopkeeper doesn't want to sell him. Obviously he's like, it's not a present. You can't do that. But anywho, you know, it, but that's kind of where the Christmas elements stop for that movie. And then, you know, it just goes off the rails and all hell breaks loose. And I mean, it's, it's great for, all the pop culture references that that movie still produces. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say um, Gremlins was on my short list, but uh, one thing I meant to say before, but I forgot um, when I did my list, I tried to keep movies that I had on our original uh, favorite Christmas movies list. Like back when we did that first Christmas episode, like <laughs> two years ago. And I'm oh, pretty true. sure I picked Gremlins for that one. Um, so that's one of the ones I love Gremlins. Like, I think it's an awesome movie, but it just didn't make my list on that technicality just because I didn't want to pick the same movies for my non Christmas movies as I did for my original Christmas uh, movie. But yeah, uh, definitely awesome pick. I love gremlins. <laughs> um, yeah. Since Adam and I matched Peter, that throws to you. Okay. Um, so with, for my next pick and I feel like I might match with some of you, I went with Batman returns. Ah, anyone you matched, you matched with me. Okay. Nice. This is a movie that, this this movie is really a Batman story and uh, it takes place around Christmas. But it I think this really does fit the definition where Christmas doesn't really factor into the plot. It factors into the aesthetic a lot. It has like I feel like the first Tim Burton Batman movie, Tim Burton tried to kind of subdue his style a little bit. And Batman Returns is where he just kind of went nuts with it, which he's where he's like, I don't care. I'm going to have a bunch of scary stuff going on and it's going to be snowing because that looks cool to me. And uh, yeah, this movie is just a really uh, it's a really fun movie. I love the Tim Burton aesthetic. I love the, uh, you know, Catwoman and the Penguin as villains definitely led into some very um sort of disturbing or i guess subtly disturbing material and stuff but uh no no it was it was outright disturbing in some spots <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, st- I still think i mean the movie's pg-13 so i still think some of the lines and some of the stuff they did was still a little bit subdued but no i i definitely agree like it was definitely disturbing i mean catwoman like eats a live bird at one point of the movie and the penguin bites somebody's Hold nose Hold on. She doesn't eat the bird at all. Okay, she puts the bird in her mouth and pretends she's going to eat it. Well, how do you yeah. want me to describe yeah. it? Well, yeah, because then she <laughs> opens her mouth and then the bird flies away. 
<laughs> totally normal. <laughs> totally acceptable behavior. It right. is. Yeah, it is. Uh, but go oh, ahead. <laughs> dumpster getting mauled by hundreds of cats. Yes. No, but uh, you guys are kind of making me think of like the plot, the whole plot with uh, the penguin running for mayor is something that was taken out of the 66 Batman series. And it's this really sort of cheesy um, kind of ridiculous plot. But because of all the sort of messed up st- sadistic stuff that uh, was going on with Penguin and Catwoman, it kind of balances out where there's a lot of the twisted, disturbing stuff. But there's also that sort of reminiscence of uh 60s batman cheese that really gives this movie a good like balance but uh drew i feel like you had more to say well i was just everything you said i agree with um i just the for some reason with batman returns it's not christmas if i don't watch batman returns um and i don't know why that is i know it's a it takes place at christmas and all that stuff and maybe it's the snow maybe it's like you know the the tree lighting do i push the button and then the tree lights up or the tree lights up and then i push the button like that is the dumbest tree lighting girl on the face of the planet like if you listen to the dialogue (laughs) if you listen to the dialogue it's so funny she's like the tree lights up and then i push the button she's like no 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 no, wait that's not it (laughs) um there's some really like funny things in there just because of that alone um but uh, but no, this movie, uh, one thing I want to point out in terms of like the really weird, disturbing stuff that's in the movie, um, Michelle Pfeiffer's transformation from Selena Kyle to Catwoman um, as an actor is absolutely brilliant, like just an un- unbelievably brilliant performance. And I'm talking specifically, um, you see her come home and she does the, you know, I'm home feeding her cat, listening to the voice uh, messages on her answering machine, goes into work uh, because she realizes she forgot something. That's when she gets like, quote unquote, murdered. Spoilers, if you haven't seen a movie that came out like almost 30 years ago. Um, 88? (laughs) No, No, this one was 1992, I think. Yeah, this one was. Yeah, this one was like, yeah. But uh, 92, 93, something like that. Um, But no, she gets quote unquote murdered. The cats bring her back to life. Now she's in this like weird, like zombie state days when she gets home and starts doing those things she did before feeding the cat, checking the messages. There's a message that kind of like sets her off and she does this like actual, like just absolutely brilliant for an actor to perform this way, to go into this crazy, like breakdown and like lose her shit on screen. It's absolutely amazing to watch her physically transform into the character. Um, and that's something that movie did really well, specifically with her. Um, that's one that I like to point out sometimes when people like when you talk about acting ability with, you know, like losing your mind on screen and all that stuff and like just going and going full bore like how do i do this um that's a performance i don't think gets enough praise when you look at specific aspects of it but no the movie's fantastic yeah. i just and um, and in that same sequence she makes her catwoman outfit which is i feel like to this day it's still at least one of the most iconic like live action <laughs> versions of that character but also like not just that character but i would say almost any live action comic book movie period like when you look at like live action comic book costumes that's probably one of the most iconic character costumes and it's still holds today like that's if you look at other versions of catwoman if you say catwoman that's the version i think people think of yeah yeah that's true i was just gonna say like it's a really good character design too just because the uh you watch selena kyle like lose her mind in that sequence essentially and 
that sort of uh, psychotic energy or however you want to phrase it is just evident when you look at her costume and all these sort of different uh, stitches and seams going all over the place. Like it's very obvious that this is a crazy person person but it's also a really iconic costume and uh just to add on to like the catwoman transformation really quick i actually think the penguin and the catwoman's origin story was handled super well in this movie like they both were told in a very quick concise way but they also showed like exactly what you need to know about these characters and then the story can just get moving from there so uh yeah, definitely. Like, I think the first act of this movie is just really good all around. So, yeah, absolutely. Adam, do you have anything to add to Batman Returns? No, no. I mean, it's been a couple 20 years since I've seen it, so I need to go back oh. and rewatch it. All right. <laughs> Still holds up. Uh, Adam, what's your next one for the night? Uh, the Ref with Dennis Leary. Oh, The Ref. Sorry. So I want to say, Drew, like, did you did you mention this for your first Christmas movie list? Actually, I would have to go back and look, but I think this fell under my original list because um, yeah, it, it's not on tonight's list. So. I want to say it did, too. And I still haven't seen the movie. <laughs> so, Adam, tell us about it, the ref. <laughs> so the ref is great. Um, it's basically um, it's the most dysfunctional is, family Christmas yeah, like, movie that there is. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Um, takes place. Christmas Eve, Dennis Leary's a burglar, um, basically trips an alarm, runs out of a house after like falling down um, a trap door and getting bit by a dog. So he can't really run. Ends up basically carjacking um, Kevin Spacey and his wife's character. I can't remember her name, um, but at gunpoint and basically making him take him back to hit their house. And they're in the middle of this huge marital spat. Um, he's basically playing the ref between them the whole movie and their, <laughs> you know, juvenile delinquent son who the, the uh, wife slash mom thinks can do no wrong. Um, I mean, <laughs> who it, plays it's, the son? I'm just kind of curious because I know the this son is, a little is bit of an old <laughs> the son is one of the funnier parts of the movie. Honestly, I mean, Dennis Leary's just typical wit is phenomenal in his delivery of lines, but. Um, takes place at Christmas. Yes, there's a, con- a family reconciliation at the end of the movie, but it really has nothing to do with the overarching plot of the movie. Um, it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's funny and I enjoy it. I, you know, it's one of those movies where I can watch it any time of the year. It, it just, it's fine. It doesn't ma- it, matter that it happens at Christmas. It's just fine on its own. It honestly sounds like a pretty clever premise, too. Like, it sounds like one of those movies where you read the back of the box and you're just sold on the premise alone, um, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I need to watch this one for sure. <laughs> you should. And I this was one that kind of I remember we had a couple friends over one night. This was like a couple of years ago. And someone said, let's all watch a movie. And, you know, that doesn't happen very often where people actually sit and watch a movie. But this was one like we actually like watched. And I was like, what do you guys want to watch? And someone goes, well, it's kind of the holidays. So is there like a Christmas movie that none of us have seen? And I was like, I guarantee there's one that none of you have seen. And I pulled it off the shelf and they're like, what is this? I'm like, you'll see. And I just put it in blindly. Like you're going to just have to suck it up and watch this movie. <laughs> um, but they all just loved it. So, um, nice. yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess that throws to me then, right? No, that throws to Peter. 
Oh, that throws to me. Okay, I didn't know. Um, oh, because we matched on the last one. So we're it, it's just really weird. So I'm trying to follow the same pattern unless matches happen. So, Drew, I almost want to say that I feel like we're gonna match the rest of the night, but I'm not sure. Um, nope, none of you guys will match my next pick unless you guys throw a curveball on me because I think we're gonna I, all gonna match on the last one. So <laughs> I think we are too, but I think I might match your next one. Uh, was your next pick eyes wide shut? Uh, no, but oh, okay, so that's but, my next awesome. pick. Yeah, this is a movie, um, uh, Stanley Kubrick movie, obviously. I think this was his last movie. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But, it was. Uh, he he passed away in the middle. No, no, he. this was his last solo. Like, so he passed away when he was making AI. So Spielberg, oh, okay. Spielberg finished AI. Eyes Wide Shut was the last one he made just like him. completely. Yeah. Okay. Completely, yeah. Right. So this movie, um, I actually only saw this movie like a couple years ago. And it's one of those things where um, I really get into like the whole like secret society conspiracy stuff. <laughs> so like this movie was always on my radar, but it was kind of one of those things where I never watched it till it was on Netflix. But uh, yeah, you want, to like, a, you want to go to an eyes wide shut party. Don't don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to. I don't want to go to one but i want to know what actually goes on at these parties um but no this is just a really interesting movie about um so like it starts off at a christmas party and it takes place around christmas but it just like the rest of our movies it doesn't really have to do with christmas it really has to do with um sort of tom cruise and nicole kidman are the main they're a married couple in this movie and they have a daughter and it has to do with sort of the um the jealousies they have of each other in their relationship. And uh, there's a scene where Nicole Kidman shares like the story of like how she's was once tempted with the thought of infidelity. And that kind of sends uh, Tom Cruise on this weird spiral where he, um, he kind of wanders the city at night and struggles with his own infidelity through the or own temptations throughout the night, which leads him through a bunch of, crazy situations but it all culminates when he where he ends up at this sort of weird sex party uh that involves a secret society and he sort of gets out on the skin of his teeth and stuff and uh it's all just because this secret was revealed that and i guess the movie like i feel like the main theme is just questioning should these sort of unspoken thoughts that we think about, should those even be revealed? Because think of all the bad things that could happen from it. And uh, I don't, this is one where I was actually thinking about this movie before this episode, because I was trying to think of how does Christmas factor into it. And the one thing I was thinking of is the idea of Christmas and Christmas presents and that sort of like, something's hidden under the wrapping paper and uh, that sort of like secrecy aspect. And I don't know if that figures into it, Drew, I don't know if you have any insights into that, but uh, this is just a really interesting film. Um, that's a, that's a weird symbolism question you're posing. Um, yeah. And, and that's, I literally started thinking about this like a couple hours ago and I'm like, but why Christmas? And it kind of, you know, raise that question mark above my head. <laughs> so. That's a that's a really good thing. And that's like I said, that is a crazy symbolism thought, which is not a bad idea. Like, that's actually a pretty solid, like, idea for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's something I never thought of before. Um, 
No, I really ended up I really, really enjoyed this movie the first time I saw it. And there were some parts of it that I was like, I don't know if I fully understand certain parts, but I really enjoyed the movie. And then someone told me a secret about the movie and I went back and watched it again. And I was like, oh, my God, this film is brilliant. Um, so, yeah, no, this um, I really Eyes Wide Shut's actually a really decent film. Um, it's there's some stuff that doesn't make sense, but if you pay real close attention, there's some really cool uh, things that lead you into what's really going on. Um, but yeah, this uh, and I don't know if I'd say it's like it's definitely I don't know if I'd say it's definitely Tom Cruise's best film. Like it's not the case. Um, he's definitely acted better in other stuff. Um, but in terms of them, like their his interaction with Nicole Kidman. Um, there's some really cool, like, like the, the actual fight they get into when she tells him about the temptation of infidelity is one of the, is such a well acted scene. Um, and the movie yeah, is well, a good point. very well directed to, um, well to add to, and just since you were talking about the directing to add to what you're saying, I want to, I will bet that there's secrets about this movie that nobody knows and only Stanley Kubrick knows because of just the way he makes his films and all the sort of hidden details in the background. And there's probably tons. I mean, obviously with most of his films, this is the case, but there's tons of stuff to dissect. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Adam, any thoughts on eyes wide shut? Nope. Okay. You were just being quiet. (laughs) Um, no. So Adam, this throws to you. All right. So my second movie is a Bruce Willis movie. Yeah. And it's not what you think. Okay. Red. Oh yeah, red. Um, I actually forgot this was. Uh, I forgot. I actually forgot that red took place at Christmas. Yep. Like I've the, I've actually never seen red, but I need to watch oh this. My, Pete, come on, man. <laughs> Dude, so, this, these two movies are both action and comedy gold. Like, they're amazingly well done. Both um, the first I, and the second one. I mean, I John think, Malkovich steals every scene he's in. Red. I like red much better than red too, but. Um, I definitely agree with you on that statement. Um, but yeah, basically the opening of the movie is Bruce Willis's character coming out of his house and getting his mail and seeing that all the neighbors are putting up their Christmas lights. So he goes in the house and like slams a Santa down on the lawn and like walks back into the house. Um, I mean, that's basically all of the Christmas that's in that movie. And it just goes from there <laughs> into like the, the just nonsense that per- just continues after that. Um, um, sorry, uh, sorry. I'm just trying to think of the actor's name that uh, was the bad guy slash good guy. Um, spoilers. No. <laughs> no um, <laughs> do you want me to look it up real quick? I've got it. You, like, Give me one second. Okay. Do you know anything else he was in? Yeah. Um, the new Dread movie. No, Carl um, Urban. Yeah, Thank you, you. Yeah, Carl Urban. Um, so I mean, Carl Urban's acting in it is fantastic. I so many huge stars are in this movie and they all do a fantastic job. It's it's one of my one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, and the uh the overall like the overall story is just really cool. Um I really like the idea of it's it's I think it's kind of funny because you have movies like uh Taken and you have like Mel Gibson. I don't remember what Mel Gibson had a had a movie like that and Liam Neeson did like six of them where it's like old guy badass. Um, 
but there was like a string of those movies that came out. But when you look at it, Red was kind of like the one where it's like, well, that's cool because we have all these other old guys and we're going to all be badasses together. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, just the retired, it's the retired government agent. Um, like, let's all get together and like go do a thing together. You know what I mean? So, um, and, but and yeah. Red is an, it stands for retired, extremely dangerous. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so, I know this. I know this movie is based on a comic book. Have you either of you guys read the comic at all? Or I have not. Okay, I'm kind of curious. Do you know who wrote it? Um, like is it Warren Ellis and Cully? Yeah. Okay, Cam Warren Ellis. Okay, nice. Yeah, he's a good writer. I just was kind of curious because the retired extremely dangerous is really funny and i kind of just wanted to know the comic book writer to pair that phrase with you know but uh yeah sounds awesome yeah um so pete has homework <laughs> yeah pete fair enough <laughs> the that's, right. Read. that's right you gotta watch shazam too so yeah well I'll get on that. <laughs> um at any rate um that actually throws back to peter it's his final pick so uh this oh no it throws back to me because i gotta do my second to last pick um, and I'll make this quick uh, because I guarantee probably neither one of you have seen this movie. It's a movie called The Holiday. Um, this is oh, I've movie- seen it. Uh, Jack oh, you Black, have? right? Uh, Jack Black, uh, Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, uh, Jude Law. Yeah, Jude Law. I almost said I almost said uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Vision, um, but that's not <laughs> Paul Bettany. Uh, yeah, Paul Bettany, but uh, no, uh, Jude Law. Um, it basically. Uh, <laughs> Cameron Diaz is in the U.S. and Kate Winslet's in the U.K. and they both are trying to get away from their lives for like the Christmas season, and uh, they do like a house swap. They find each other on like a Craigslist kind of a thing, and they do a house swap for the for the season. Um, and it's like you stay here, I'll stay here, and we'll just get away from like people and everything, and um, that'll be the end of it. Um, they do a house swap and they basically have these it's it's basically this like heartwarming fun comedy it just happens to take place around christmas time um and it's not and it's like they're taking a holiday from their lives not the holiday meaning christmas um it's a really funny movie it's also really heartwarming um but it was i just enjoyed it from like i was i kind of went in with that groan of like i do not want to watch this right now but why not give it a shot and it, i ended up really like just having a good time with the movie so um that's really all i gotta say about it unless you wanted to add anything peter since you said you've seen it so no, I, I like The Holiday. It's a kind of an interesting movie because it's like two romantic comedies in one. And um, I just remember um, I remember when it came out and I just thought it looked just from the trailer and stuff. I just thought it looked clever, um, like it wasn't going to be your typical cheesy romantic comedy. Um, and then eventually I saw it. And yeah, I, I enjoy it. Um, I think uh, it. you do have a good point because it takes place around Christmas, but it doesn't really have to like, I don't really know why it, yeah, no. it takes place around Christmas, to be honest. Right. I it guess, could... I guess maybe they wanted the juxtaposition of the sort of, uh, the winter England, like snowy, um, landscape versus the, you know, warm Los Angeles landscapes. You know, they wanted that juxtaposition right. to be there. That's the only thing I can think of, but yeah, probably, probably. Um, so, yeah. All right. My pick's over. So, Peter, your final pick of the night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So you guys yeah, are pretty probably sure since we surprised. haven't talked about it yet. Or... <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I went with Die Hard. And uh, I also get... went with Die Hard. <laughs> Adam. Um, Die Hard 2? Yeah. <laughs> Die Hard 2. Really? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Adam, so did Die you Hard... really go with Die Hard 2 or... Yeah, I actually did go with Die Hard 2. <laughs> for real? Yeah. Okay, well, Peter and I are going to talk about Die Hard 1 for a minute, and then you can tell us about Die Hard 2. <laughs> <laughs> so going with uh, so going with Die Hard, I've honestly only seen Die Hard 2, like, once, so I probably don't remember it super well. Pete, I've have seen you, you've the... seen Die Hard, right? Well, yeah, it's my last pick. But you've seen Die Hard 2. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's kind of like the Final Destination movies. Um, but no, like... Die Hard, I mean, we've all seen it. We all love it. It's hard to know what to say. It's just a really good action movie um, that does a lot of things right. Um, a lot of people argue that it's not a Christmas movie, but this movie has graffiti on the background of, like, one of the back hallways in Nakatomi Plaza at one point, and the graffiti says, Deck the Halls. <laughs> so... <laughs> In my right. opinion, this is a Christmas movie. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. This this is the ultimate argument. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not? And I say Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Um, but, um, yeah, so uh, Die Hard, look, the movie, it's, it's about a guy visiting his family in L.A. for Christmas. And... Uh, they, the movie starts with a Christmas song, like in the in the limo, and he says, this is Christmas music. It certainly is. Listen to the lyrics. <laughs> um, then he goes to a Christmas party at Nakatomi Plaza, and then the terrorists show up, and um, all hell breaks loose, and it's a standard action film. But there are mm-hmm. the movies littered with Christmas jokes. There's Christmas decorations everywhere. The movie ends with... Uh, one of my favorite Christmas carols, Let It Snow. Um, and the guy and the limo driver even says, I got to come back for New Year's. Um, the, <laughs> the, sorry, um, I have a, I, I, I too now have a shot. Uh, machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. Come on. It's a Christmas movie. Um, <laughs> and it's one of those. And it's a movie that to me, if I don't watch, it's not Christmas, which means which which is a good point, because I have to watch it. I have a couple of days left. So. <laughs> Um, there you go adam do you have any thoughts on die hard one um i mean no you 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 summed it all up um i literally my list is die hard slash two like i'm you know both of them because (laughs) they're the same movie almost identically the difference is the setting and i mean your baddie is different but not by much can't happen to the same guy twice (laughs) <laughs> right. Well, not even just the same guy, but the same buddy cop too. Like, what right. the hell is he doing in DC now? <laughs> well, no, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta look at the, you gotta look at the liner notes here. So he was a New York cop in LA. No, had the thing happen in Nakatomi Plaza, and then now he's an LA cop returning to New York as an LA cop, and then he calls back to his buddy in LA. And Which, then he's. Who are you talking about? Are you talking about John McClane? Yeah. No, I'm not talking about McLean. I know you're talking about. I cannot remember that guy's name. Reginald Bell Johnson. Yes, but he's like so. He's so it's John McLean's a New York cop in L.A. in the first movie, and in the second movie he's an L.A. cop in New York because he transferred departments, and then after the second movie he stays in New York. Right, but my thing is, is why is Reginald Bell Johnson in both movies? Oh, wow, because <laughs> um, he's an L.A. cop, and now he's. 
a DC airport cop. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I could have. Sw- I could have swore he made a phone call to him to get him to run some prints and then die hard too. Either way. I mean, it, it, either way, it doesn't, really but either matter. way, I, I think the argument is why him, right? Well, <laughs> the other thing of it is just, it's, it's fun. It's good times. I mean, do you prefer die hard two over die hard one? No, not oh. at all. Okay. I, I just picked die hard two because it's snowing. <laughs> You know? oh. <laughs> it's actually snowing. It's Christmas actually snowing, and I'm not. Re- I don't remember if like I know Die Hard One takes place at Christmas time. I don't remember if it's Christmas Eve or not, but I know Die Hard Two is Christmas Eve. So oh, um, that's kind of where yeah. I went. With Die Hard Two. Um, Die Hard One might actually be Christmas Eve. Because, um, I want to say it is, but yeah, I, I, I think it is too. Sure. But I know specifically they make a point to say multiple times in the movie that it's Christmas Eve and we've got all these planes coming and you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Uh, that's I haven't watched Die Hard Two in a while. Um, in comparison to one, I've definitely watched one more than two. Yeah, and one is great, and then two just ratchets it up another level. Like, there's just so much more over the top nonsense in two that makes it just that much better of an action movie. Right. So, what we've learned, kids, is that uh, Adam needs to watch Shazam. Um, Peter needs to watch uh, The Ref. The Ref. And Dire Hard 2 again. Dire and Red. And, and, um, and all of you, if you have not seen Die Hard, uh, prove us wrong that it's not a Christmas movie because uh, we all say it is. And um, I guarantee that uh, unless you're talking to your mom or your grandma, they're going to tell you everyone else is going to agree with us. Yeah. <laughs> so. right. And 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 one more uh, piece of homework this holiday. Have an eyes wide shut party. Oh, just have one. <laughs> just have one. <laughs> then you'll need the ref. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get out of here because we went really long. But um, for those people who actually are going to travel on uh, Christmas, I hope you enjoyed this episode for your long traveling drive. Um, And uh, but yeah, so we went really long. But that that was way too much news. We could not avoid talking about all that and Marvel stuff that hit. Um, So, Peter, next week, um, it's the end of the year. We got to start looking forward. There were so, so many movie changes this year in terms of release dates. So this might be difficult to put together, but we're going to have to do it anyway. So next week, we're going to do our anticipated list for 2021. Um, I foresee some of our 2020 looking forward (laughs) movies being on that list. Yeah, and I'm going to have to go back and look at our – I'm going to have to go back and look at it and see how it paired out. Yeah. but yeah, so that's what we're going to do next week is our anticipated 2021 list and see how that plays out. and We'll see what happens. Um, uh, at this point, I'm assuming Black Widow is never coming out. So uh, I don't know if that'll make my list again or not. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, just to clarify, so then next week it'll be your actual next pick. So next week we're going to do this, our anticipated. So then my actual pick will be the week after that. OK, cool. And then we'll get back into our regular rotation. Until the next planned episode, so we'll I've, see. I've got some lists. I've lists I've been waiting on. Oh, all right. Well, you can go first if you want. Yeah. No, it's fine. Oh no, I mean it's your turn. So yeah, it's all good. So Adam, uh, as always, thanks for coming on, man. I hey, appreciate man, thanks for having me again. 
Uh, you are, yeah, this this was this was a really good discussion. I enjoyed it quite a you bit. Have, so uh, you have an open seat whenever you want to come on. So even if you have a list idea that you're just like, hey, you guys should do this, my response will be, why don't you come on and do it with us? Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm down, especially if I don't have to travel. Yeah, I know. We'll Skype you in, and that makes life a lot easier. Um, so yeah, all right. So everyone, uh, do us a favor and check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with a link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. Uh, you can hit us up on our email or the social media. Either way works. Um, we are on Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Um, you can subscribe to us there, and if you do, you will not miss a single episode. You can also leave us a review, which we love those five stars but we understand criticism because it makes us get better and it makes the words we say feel important um you can follow me personally on twitter and instagram at drew 3927 uh peter yeah you can follow me on twitter at ninja pierre and that's where i will be saying a merry christmas from the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nut house (laughs) (laughs) all right um adam (laughs) do you want anyone to find you anywhere or uh, Hans Booby, I'm your white knight. And I uh, have no social media that needs to be followed because I really don't care enough about my life that you should. Oh, that's a fair point. All right. <laughs> I think that's a very healthy outlook. I'm not that interested in it. Why should you be? <laughs> right. All right. Well, everyone, for the top five report, Merry Christmas. We hope you have a great new year. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, stay safe, travel safe, and um Uh, Don't go nuts being trapped in the house this holiday with that threat of COVID out there. Um, But let's all look forward to our Mad Max futures in 2021. Um, And aliens. Yeah, and aliens. Um, For the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. I'm Adam. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. Bye.